So I'm a person that takes life very, very seriously. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love to laugh and have a good time just as much as the next person, maybe even more. I've been called a free spirit. But I take things very seriously. Politics, um, relationships, friendships, jobs, all of those things in my life are really serious, thoughtful things. But sometimes we just need to have a little fun. Sometimes we have to just let our hair down and just relax. Right? So that's what we're going to do on today's episode of Big Time Small Talk Podcast. We're going to have a little fun. Let's get into it. Welcome to Big Time Small Talk. I am your host, Jody Rollins. And as I mentioned in the cold open today, it's not going to be serious. This show is not going to be heavy. I mean, there may be sort of a point because <laughs> I can't help myself because I'm just free forming it today, sort of. And I'll explain a little more here in just a moment. But I wanted to do this very serious show today. There's a topic that's sort of been rolling around in my mind probably for the last five or six days. And usually if something comes to my mind, I'm like, just do it. And I'll start talking about it. And this topic like breaks my heart a little bit and makes me feel really sad. And so what I chose to do or am what I am choosing to do instead is to not have an episode about this sad thing because I thought, all right, maybe I'm too close to this particular topic and it's not the time to talk about it because, you know, believe it or not, I am a sensitive person. I don't mind sharing details about my life. I mean, I share what I feel comfortable with and I share things that I maybe don't feel 100% comfortable with at times. But anything I don't feel comfortable sharing, I don't. But this particular topic, I was reading some stuff about it online. And I just, you know, on social media, the comments were just heartbreaking. I'm like, wow, is this what people really think? And so I promise you guys, I will do a show about this topic and I'll tell you what it is. So if you continue to listen, I'll say, hey, remember February 8th, I did that one sort of fun episode. Hopefully there's lots of fun episodes. There's many you can click back and find past fun ones. But February 8th, you'll be listening a few days from now or maybe a few weeks from now. I'll definitely do it this month, but I just need to sort of step away from the topic. And when I bring it up, I will for sure let you guys know what it is. But for now, I want to just step away from that because it's just too serious and too sad and heavy. But today, instead of sad, serious, and heavy, I wanted to have a little fun. And so I Googled some questions. And I did a show similar to this before. I think one of my very, hmm, I want to say maybe one of my, somewhere in my first nine shows, I think it was, I did something similar. And it was a really good time, I think. And the feedback I got from the listeners was positive. And so I think we should do it again. So here's what we're doing. Okay. Now, I googled fun questions to ask. And you guys, it's kind of like a little game. You guys can play along at home as well. I love questions. I'm, (laughs) if you ask my husband or my mom, does Jody ask a lot of questions? They both would, with a resounding yes, nod their heads feverishly. And sometimes that can be a little annoying. I get it. I sort of do and I sort of don't because I like questions. I like when people ask me questions, but you know, 
I definitely ask a lot of questions. And so I think they're fun. So when I Googled fun questions to ask, some really interesting ones came up and I read the first three and then I didn't read the next ones because I want this to be completely authentic and off the cuff, off the top of my head answers. And so hopefully you guys will play along too and kind of answer them yourselves. And I would love if you if you want, you can uh, send me, you know, DM me or write me on Instagram or something with some of your answers or if there was something interesting that kind of came to mind. I love hearing from you guys. So we're going to ask these questions. And um, while we're talking about it, don't forget, please follow me on Instagram. And you can find me at Jody Rollins and follow me there. I have a show um, Instagram as well, but I'm trying to build my Jody Rollins Instagram because that's that has the most followers. And so I'm just trying to grow it and grow it and grow it. As I mentioned before, that way we can have more access to more Instagram tools and I can have a bigger reach and bigger reach means you can get greater guests and so many amazing things, right? So follow me on Instagram. I do have a Twitter as well, but that one has 20,000 followers and that's, that's a, you know, nothing to shake a stick at. That'd be great to grow it. But my focus is definitely on Instagram, which does not, I think I have 1,200 followers on Instagram. So there's a big disparity. So give a like and a follow and feel free to comment because that's when Instagram really believes that you matter is when people comment and share and like and all of that. Um, also, you can write the show at big time, small talk podcast at gmail.com. And I rarely mention this, but you can leave a voicemail on the anchor app. Just go to anchor.fm and just like the ongoing commercial that you guys hear every episode, anchor.fm, and then just search Big Time Small Talk Podcast and follow the instructions. I don't really remember how it looks, but you can click on leave a voicemail and leave a message for the show, and maybe I'll play it on the show. We've had some really sweet ones, and people say very, very nice things. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, also, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please click subscribe or well, click subscribe anywhere, wherever you are listening. Uh, there's a lot of Android people out there. Hello, hello, hello to the Android listeners and computer desktop listeners. Click subscribe. That way you get those notifications and it just shows that you are more likely to listen than not. So it's very helpful. And if you're listening on any app where you can rate the show, please click five stars or whatever opportunity you have there to rate the show. Feel free to leave a review. That helps exponentially. I always say it during every episode. <laughs> Nobody leaves reviews. I do have, I think, 11 or 12, which is, again, that's for someone who's only been doing it since September. That's a lot of reviews for just a regular Joe like myself, a regular Jody like myself. But the more reviews, the more ratings, all of that stuff, it really helps because once any of these resources believe that your show has value, they will help it get seen. So please, please, please leave a review, click five stars, follow me on Instagram, write the show. Um, and then again, I, I rarely mention this also. If you want to support the show financially, go to anchor.fm or download the Anchor app and search the show and you can do a monthly subscription where you um, choose how much you want to support the show financially, whatever you want, whether it's a dollar, $9 a month, $20 a month, anything, everything helps, but no matter what, I'm going to keep doing this show for free. So that's all of the business. We got that out of the way. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for each and every one of you who do any one of those things that I just listed. And thank you to everyone who's listening and has been listening and welcome new listeners. Okay. So let's get into these questions, right? As my tagline says, let's get into it. The first one. Okay. This one, I'm just like, Okay, but what would you name your boat if you had one? I don't know. I, probably something like, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is something about love. This is this shows what, what a cheese ball I am. 
So maybe something to do with my husband and I, like the Jay and Jody love boat. My husband's name is Jay. It would be cheesy, you know, or something like that, or the October for the month that we got married or something like that. I don't know. (laughs) I'd have to think that one through. I'm not sure I'll ever own a boat, but I guess if I do, I don't know what I will name it. Number two, what's the closest thing to real magic? Okay, so you're going to see a theme here with my answers in some cases. I would say love is the closest thing to real magic, romantic love, because let me just tell you guys a really quick story. So I don't share a lot of personal information about my husband because he's not a public person. He's just my my main squeeze. So I'll share a few things about him from time to time. And I don't think he, he doesn't care. He really doesn't. He's like, whatever, share whatever you feel like sharing. But I don't share his, you know, personal personal stories. But I want to share these stories with you. So interesting thing. So as I said early on in one of my first episodes, my husband and I actually met through eHarmony. And I don't know how eHarmony is now, or maybe if you guys don't know about it, I'm sure you do. But back when we met way back, way back, almost 11 years ago. It's like a whole different world now. But eHarmony, it was like almost a little embarrassing to admit that you were like online looking for a date. If you go back even like 15 years, it was like, you're so desperate. You have to look for love online. Like that was the the regular sort of way of looking at online dating app dating didn't even exist, right? It was just starting right when I met him. And so with eHarmony, you have to take a test and it's, I don't even remember it. I just remember it was long and you answer all these questions and it supposedly learns all this stuff about you and then matches you up. Well, the funny thing about my husband and I is that we are so opposite, but it's like, if you look at I guess there's a way of saying this, but if you look at a circle, you know, at the top of the circle, and then you trace the circle all the way around to the right with your finger, if you're drawing a circle, and then you come back around and you meet where you started, right? My husband and I are so opposite that we go all the way around the circle and kind of meet back at the beginning again. But it's weird because, and that's where this question comes in, I do believe he is real magic because we would have never met if it weren't for eHarmony. We lived 199 miles apart, you know, both in the state of California, but I I had never heard of the place where he lived. He did do some work in Los Angeles where I was living. And I suppose there could have been a chance that we would have met, but uh, I'd say not. But the funniest thing happened the other night. So, both of my oldest two stepsons are married and the one of the stepsons got married a couple years back. Well, I guess it's like almost four years back now. And he had a song at his wedding that my husband liked so much that he, you know, found out what it was called and downloaded it and really loves listening to this song. Now I don't remember the song. I couldn't tell you what it was called. I couldn't tell you anything about this song. I don't even remember when they would have played this song, but it struck my husband, right? Something about this song made him seek it out, find out the information and download it because he heard it at one of my stepson's weddings. Now, my other stepson who got married about two years ago, he had a song in his wedding that I loved And I was like, what is the name of that song? I sought it out. I found out all that I needed to know. I downloaded it and I love this song. And somehow my husband and I were talking and we both realized that we each had been touched and moved by a song at two different stepsons, his sons, my step weddings, and kept them in our downloads. And I don't know the song he was touched by, and he doesn't know the song that I was touched by. And it's to me, I hope that I'm explaining it, but to me, those little things are magic because we have, no joke, lists of things like that. I mean, thing after thing where we're just like, 
what the hell? We are so compatible, but it's like we're opposites, but we're the same. It's very strange. And so to me, I think love is kind of magic because I'm sure maybe you guys have had this happen to you before, where if you've ever done online dating or app dating, you swipe or you look at or you see some pictures of somebody and you're like, oh, he's cute. Wow. And then you read all about him and you're like, okay, yeah, we have that in common. I love beach volleyball and I like drinking wine and blah, blah, blah. all the stuff that people say. It's like, I remember when I was doing the online dating stuff, it was like, I love doing beach volleyball on the weekend, wine tasting getaways, and yoga every other Saturday. I was like, ugh. Okay, I don't drink, so I didn't care about wine tasting. I don't like beach volleyball. It used to hurt my thumbs playing volleyball anywhere. <laughs> and I don't do yoga because I'm not flexible. And so I was deemed boring. I'm just like, wait a minute. I, I've run marathons, I've hang glided, I rollerblade, like I've done all these things, but I just don't like beach volleyball. Anyway, I digress. So you've all had that moment, most of us, I should say, not all, most of us have had that moment where you've seen somebody in pictures or online or on an app and maybe even learned more about them and you're thinking, oh, we should have a connection because they're so attractive, we have so much in common, you have so many overlap, overlapping interests. I think this could be something. And then you meet and there's nothing there. There's no connection, there's no chemistry, zero zilch. And that's what I'm talking about. The magic has to be there for love to exist. I mean, I, I don't know, I'm no expert. But I know that when I saw my husband's picture on eHarmony for the very first time, he just, there was something in his eyes. And I was like, I don't know, there's something there. Like, I had been single for a very long time. And I'd seen many, 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 many pictures online in my online dating experiences. I have an episode, you can check it out, one of the earlier ones. It's my adventures of online dating there's some comedy right there, folks. But I just saw magic or something that was not tangible when I looked in his eyes. And I didn't know if it would be there in person, but it literally like went through me into my heart when I looked at him. I got like this, it wasn't butterflies. It's just, I, I can't explain it. I mean, may sound cheesy, but to me, that was magic. And then all these different things. We talked on the phone and we wrote letters back and forth and he was so wonderful, but I still didn't know because we were 199 miles away. And then when we finally met and I was really nervous and I'm like, I don't know. And then I saw him and the magic that I had sensed in that photo was real. And for me, that answers the question. That is the closest thing to magic, love. Okay, I know, I'm a complete cheese ball, but I just don't think that you can put your finger on what it actually is. So there's that. Next question, who's the messiest person you know? Oh my God, how do you say this without ratting somebody out? Me. <laughs> it's weird. I'm like organized and messy depending on the circumstance. I mean, my husband has a little messiness to him a little bit here and there, but I would say I'm messier than he is with clothes. Anybody else out there like that? I just, I'll do my laundry and then I will, it will sit in the basket. No joke, weeks. I saw a meme today that said, oh God, what did it say? I'm the type of person that I, I will tell you that I don't have time to do laundry, but even when I have time to do the laundry, I still don't do it. <laughs> like, that's me. I don't like to fold clothes. I don't like to put them away. I don't like to hang them up. But here's the funniest thing. When my husband has his laundry, I'm like, oh, let me help him and I'll help him fold his. But I don't want to ask him to help me fold mine because I'm just like, it's such a hassle that I, I, it's weird. He would easily help me fold my laundry, but I just can't stand it. I barely even 
muster the strength to like ask somebody to help me. I finally will put it all away, but I'm definitely the messiest person I know, as far as I know, right? What do we really know about who's messy and who's not? Because you clean your house pre-COVID when you could have people come over and you act like, oh, this is this is how the house always looks. But when you're having a party, you spend the whole afternoon cleaning and scrubbing and making the bathroom look like a hotel bathroom when it doesn't always look like that, especially if you have kids, right? So I don't know, maybe I have some friends that are complete slobs, but I don't really know it. And they don't know that I'm kind of messy. But I'm not disgusting, right? I don't have like moldy food or something gross like a hoarder. It's mostly just my closet. So uh, next question. Let's see. What will finally break the internet? I don't know. I don't, I, I'm going to skip that one because I'm just like, really break the internet? Because everybody, there's so much that's out there now that's false and if you post something, somebody somewhere will say that that's not true. If it's a photo of something that people have been waiting to see, well, then it was doctored. So who knows what will break the internet? Um, let's see. What's the most useless talent you have? I actually have a very weird one and a strange story of how I discovered this weird talent literally in the middle of the night when I was like 14. I'm going to tell you about it coming up right after the break. Stay with me. Welcome back. Okay. So I left you kind of thinking, gee, what the heck is Jody talking about? <laughs> or at least I hope I did. Let me look at my Google questions here. So what is the most useless talent you have? That's the question. So when I was about, I want to say 14-ish, I may have been 13, I may have been 15, but I'm pretty sure it was around 14. And I'm in bed, going to sleep, you know, finished my homework back then. And I laid my head down on the pillow. And I don't know, I was thinking about something. I don't know what I was doing before I was falling asleep. And I felt my left ear move. I'm like, wait, what? And I did it again. And I did it again. I literally leapt out of bed and ran into my mom's bedroom. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. She's like, what are you doing? She, I, I'm like, I can wiggle my left ear. And I didn't know I could do that. And my mom's like, oh, I can wiggle my left ear too. And so we're like, it's 10 o'clock at night in the suburbs of Colorado and two women, well, young woman, me, um, are wiggling their left ear in the mirror. I'm like, what? Who knew that you could do that? And she's like, yeah, it's something I always could do. I'm like, can you do your right ear? No, and neither could I. And to this day, I can wiggle my left ear, but cannot wiggle my right ear. So I don't know if that's a talent, but if it is, it's definitely useless. And it's only a little small wiggle. Like you can, if I show it to you, you go, okay, yeah, yeah, you are moving it. But it's not like my ears like flapping in the wind, but uh, definitely useless. But hey, a fun party trick, right? Fun party gag. All right. So that's what I discovered in the middle of the night at age 14, 15 in the suburbs of Colorado, right before I went to bed or went to sleep. Next question. Let's see. What would be on the gag reel for your life? Hmm. And I try to answer these questions with like the first thing that comes to mind. And I mean, there's some stories in life that are, you know, like funny to the family, you know, those stories that, oh, you know, Aunt Gertrude, we always tell the same story about that time that Aunt Gertrude dot, 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 every Thanksgiving and everybody laughs. And then you marry into the family and they tell the story about Aunt Gertrude and you're like, oh, <laughs> it's not that funny. 
but everybody in the family who's heard it for decades thinks it's hysterical. So I don't know if I'm the best judge on this particular story, but here it goes. So again, in my youth, I think, how old would I have been? I think I was 15, 13. I know I couldn't drive. I don't know what that time of my life was all about. I was wiggling my ear and what I'm about to tell you. But I know I couldn't drive. And the family had taken a trip to New Orleans. And in the hotel lobby, there was this giant glass jar of like, I think it was jelly beans or gumballs. They rolled if you can see where I'm going with this. So I think it was gumballs. I mean, it was huge, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these gumballs. And it was one of those things where it had a sign where guess how many gumballs are in this jar, you know, write it down on the little card, put it in the thing. And if you guessed right, whoever's the closest, you win a prize or money or something. And so my dad and I are kind of walking around the hotel lobby waiting, I think for my mom, and and I go up to the jar and I'm like, oh, I wonder how many. And I reach out to touch the jar and it wobbled and fell to the ground. And this was like, I don't know, some kind of tile floor in the hotel lobby. It was at least four feet in the air. So it went down and it was just like, Hopefully that didn't hurt your ears. It was so loud. It echoed through this whole hall lobby area and gumballs were everywhere and they just rolled across the lobby. And my dad took off like he didn't know me. He walked away like, nope, don't know her. And I mean, oh, it was, I was mortified. And I think I just kind of looked around like, sorry. And you know how the memory works. Sometimes things, you forget things. I don't remember what happened after that. I think there was somebody who was kind of like, it's okay, stuff happens. And then I quickly scurried away. But talk about humiliated. I mean, I'm like, I barely touched it is how I remember it. Who knows? But how did that happen to me? And just, you know, so it became one of those things where my dad walking away, like he didn't even know my name, was the ongoing story that we told every year. So I don't know that that's particularly funny, but it was definitely embarrassing. And I think it would be good to put on a gag reel. So what's the worst smelling place you've ever been? Oh boy, I should plead the fifth on this next question. <sighs> well, let me see the worst. Oh, okay. This I don't have to plead the fifth on because my I started to think this was a place that um, that I, <laughs> I had one, a town that I had once lived in and I don't want to say anything negative about it, but this thing I will tell you, I don't think anyone who's ever been there will disagree when you are in the subway system of New York and maybe it's changed. I don't know. But back when I lived then in New York city, there was a time at night when they would steam clean or like spray down the platforms and it would get so steamy because you're underground and it would be hot and smelly and a lot of unfortunately the homeless people pee on the subway platforms and in the corners and around the posts because there's lots of like dark or less seen places and I guess when you got to go and you're homeless you got to go and of course, some of the people there have mental illness, so they make the decisions based on the mental capabilities with which they have. So needless to say, there's a lot of urine on the platforms and the subway. And so when they spray clean it with this really hot water to disinfect it, and the steam comes around, and you're down there, and it's hot, and it's stuffy, it's like urine steam is flowing through the air and it is so vile. 
It was disgusting. Mixed in with just the weird, dirty smells down there anyway. Which, by the way, I do want to make a side note and say that the, the New York, when I lived there and when I've since visited, the New York subway system is freaking amazing. Like, I've heard, I think I was watching an episode of... Um, New York housewives or something where it was like rich women. And they're like, ew, take the subway. Oh, God, no. Because it was beneath them, literally and figuratively, right? But it's such a cool system. Like you can get almost anywhere, especially just on the island of Manhattan. You can get anywhere you need to go within minutes, right? And for, I mean, when I lived there, I think it was a dollar twenty-five to take the subway. I think it's two sixty now or something like that. But think about it: a dollar twenty-five to get anywhere you need to go. You don't have a car. You don't have to pay for car insurance. You don't have to pay for parking. None of that stuff. It was awesome. I mean. I really loved the subway. I thought it was an adventure. It was interesting. You could rely on it. Yes, it had its moments when it was late and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to be late for work. But I loved it. And yes, there were those platforms that smelled like urine and some were absolutely disgusting. But most of them were just like, okay, or fine or nice, depending. And I love the New York subway system. So Nobody told me to say that, just so you guys know, but I just think it's it's a really cool experience. So if you ever visit New York, don't listen to anybody who says, oh, don't take the subway. I mean, I took it for years. Millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of people take it year after year. And not everybody gets mugged. I mean, we all took it. All of my friends, all my coworkers, and we didn't get mugged. It's just whatever. So that's what I have to say about the New York subway system. But yes, <laughs> there are parts of it that are really, really stinky. Ugh. Just <laughs> thinking back to that particular steamy evening was, ooh, takes me back. Okay, next question. What's a body part that you wouldn't mind losing? I mean, who writes these questions? By the way, if you guys want to, let me see, if you want to ask yourselves these questions or your friends or family, you can go to conversationstartersworld.com. Conversationstartersworld.com. Hey, if you want to follow along with me, that's where I am right now. Okay, so let's see. Back to right now, in case you are listening and you want to follow along, I am on, actually I skipped one, but we'll just call it number nine right now. So what's a body part that you wouldn't mind losing? You know what's interesting is, I don't, did you guys ever do this back, I don't know, when we're elementary school, high school, whatever, we'd go, okay, which would you rather be, blind or deaf? And I was always like, well, I'd rather be deaf because at least if you can see, you can drive, you can see what's happening to you. And if you're deaf, you can feel the vibration of music. But if you're, you know, if you're, if you're deaf, you can read lips, you can do sign language. Like the world, in my opinion, I've never been deaf or blind and hope to never be, but the world is still very open to you. Whereas when you're with, if you're blind, you may have to have someone lead you around. You have to use the the stick. I don't, I don't know if there's a, an official name for that. I don't want to be offensive, but the walking stick. And, and I'm sure there's blind people who think the world is very open to them. So I just want to say that. But in my experience, I would rather be deaf. And I actually took sign language interpreting for about three or four years. So I do know some sign language and I had a deaf teacher and they, we had to do deaf immersion. So yes, I was studying to do the, you know, the things that you see at the press conference and I still know some of it actually, uh, press conferences, by the way, not the press conference, just anything. They actually had it. Um, they did a, a, a sign language interpreter for the Super Bowl singing of the national anthem. And that guy apparently stole the show. You can Google him. He was, he went viral. But so for me being deaf, as hard as it would be, wouldn't be the end of the world because if you study ASL, American Sign Language, or any sign language, you see how descriptive it really is. 
And I just, I want to be able to see, I mean, it would be hard not to be able to sing and hear yourself because that would be difficult, but maybe there'd be a way to do it or, but at least you could still enjoy music through vibration and, you know, I don't know, fine tune your other senses to the best of your ability. But did you ever do that? Ask yourselves that. So I have that answer quick, boom, down pat, but <laughs> what body part do I want to lose or would I not mind losing? Oh God. Um, I don't know, maybe my left ear. <laughs> Cause then you could always like tuck your hair in the, around the front and then no one would ever notice until you have to wear glasses. I don't know what you do have a special kind of pair of glasses or something that has a strap. I mean, maybe my right ear because the right ear doesn't do anything. The left ear wiggles. I, I don't know. That's the closest I could think of. I mean, I wouldn't want to lose any of my fingers. I mean, I guess I could get by with losing a nub or something. Uh, maybe a, a piece of a toe, but I know that when you lose a toe or two, that can throw off your balance. And I love to run, so that would be miserable. And I love to ski. I went skiing this weekend and it was awesome. So, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm only willing to lose my ear. Is, is there anything else that I could think of that's left? I don't know, maybe like a butt cheek and then you could get like a butt implant or something. I. I guess my, my, my left ear. So we'll, we'll stick with that. <laughs> what would you guys choose? I'm, I'd love to know. Okay. What's the one that I skipped? Uh, do, 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 do. Okay, here we go. What celebrity would you rate as the perfect 10? As a perfect 10? Oh, gosh. I mean, perfect perfect doesn't exist. So we'll just say somebody who's very, 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 very attractive. I love Common, but I really like his voice. He's a rapper. You can Google him. He's like, he's got this like caramel color skin and these freckles, and these beautiful eyes and these full pouty lips. Um, he's just a dreamboat. I've talked about him before and he has like this velvety voice but I'm trying to think of who else. For years, I loved Patrick Dempsey until he got on to uh, Grey's Anatomy and everybody knew him. And then all these articles came out saying that he's kind of a jerk. So that makes him less attractive to me. And gosh, I can't think of anybody other than that. I think Vin Diesel is a smoke show. And I did see The Rock in person once and his just his broad shoulders and his presence and his body. I was like, whoa. I mean, he's attractive, but I wouldn't say a perfect 10. I don't know. I don't think that anybody is a perfect 10, but maybe common would be the closest thing to it for me. So, and, and of course my husband, but he's not a celebrity. Um, all right, let's see. Number 11, uh, which fictional character, Fictitional, fictional? What am I saying? Fic, fictional. Wow, that was weird. Brain fart. Brain fart. Can't speak. Which fictional character would be the most boring to meet in real life? Oh my gosh, I'm the last person that should ever be asked this because I just don't get into animation. I don't. I never did, even as a kid. I mean, I watched some cartoons, but and I'm about to age myself here really quickly. There was a whole set of shows put on and created by this, I don't know if it was a group of guys or whatever, Sid and Marty Croft, I guess they were brothers, and it was live action. And I loved that as a kid. And I liked Sesame Street and Electric Company, but I just didn't get into cartoons. So, I mean, I guess those are fictional characters as well. I don't know, maybe I'm too old to answer this question. Who would be boring? I, I, I just, I don't even know. It's been so long since I've thought about a fictional character. We'll just say, oh, gosh, I'm going to, I try to make myself answer all these. Maybe Big Bird. I think Big Bird would be a complete snooze fest or maybe Snuffleupagus. Remember him from Sesame Street? Nobody could see him except Big Bird or something like that. And he just seems like a bore. 
So <laughs> there we go. Maybe they would be completely boring. All right. Number 12. What is the best and worst purchase you've ever made? Ooh, that's a good one. Hmm. I would say my most favorite, I don't know if it's the best, but we'll call it the best. When I bought my Jeep Liberty, like when I was living in LA, like 15 years ago, I loved that car. I knew a friend that worked at Jeep and she got me a like three or $4,000 friends and family discount. And so I got this brand new sparkly white Jeep with leather interior, all the bells and whistles. And I bought it over the phone because she worked in um, Orange County and had the connection with the dealership in San Diego. And I lived in Los Angeles. So I did it all over the phone and they delivered it there. And I'd seen pictures and everything. And then when I finally got to see it, I was just like, oh, and I just, oh. Do you know when you get into a new car and it just like envelops you, especially I just uh, cars are my thing. Like I like purses. I don't care about shoes, makeup. Yeah, it's nice. It's a means to an end. But cars, I love that feeling when you sit down in a leather seat and it's just like, and the smell of a new car and the feeling of the steering wheel in your hand. And I just felt like as I drove that car, like it felt heavy. It felt like substance because I went from like, I think, um, well, before then I had a different Jeep, but I went from like a RAV4 to a Jeep and it just felt like me. And so that had to be when I mean, I literally I remember when I would park the car and I'd go to the store and I'd come out and I'd look at the car and I'd be like, I own that. Like, that's my Jeep. And it's beautiful. Loved it. So that would be the best purchase. Worst purchase. Uh, hmm. Probably. <laughs> this is interesting. My current Jeep. I have a Jeep Renegade and I can't stand it. It's, oh, it's uncomfortable. It's seriously made for someone. I think if you're like five, two and, um, shorter, maybe not that five, two is short, you know, just vertically challenged. Maybe if you're five, three, I don't know, five, four. And, or if you're a grandma who doesn't really drive very often and it's just, it's squirrely. It's, uh, it, ugh, it's just so uncomfortable. I'm 5'7", and so it just doesn't fit me. The seats are uncomfortable. It doesn't drive well. I mean, all of these things are wrong with it. I, I tried to lemon law it. I was going to, and then I just gave up because it was such a hassle. I mean, this particular car, maybe not all of them, I don't know, but mine pulls to the right, so you always have to steer the steering wheel to the left. I hate it long distance driving is really uncomfortable. It's just, it's just a terrible car. It doesn't fit my personality. It doesn't feel like me. See, this is how you know I'm a car person. Like I become one with the car and this car, like in the beginning, it seemed great, but then quickly as I saw how it drove and I wish I'd noticed when I test drove it, I just didn't, you know, you get kind of caught up in the smell and the bells and the whistles, but it's terrible. It's the worst purchase I've ever made, and I expect to trade it in very soon. I still love Jeeps, just not this one. So, ugh, hate this car. But I appreciate it because it gets me from to and fro, right? To and fro. All right, so we'll do two or three more questions, and then we will wrap it up here. All righty. Um, well, this is kind of a fun one. If you had to change your name, what would your new name be and why would you choose that name? Interestingly enough, I've, I've sort of answered this question before, sort of similarly. Like, I like my name. I feel like I am a Jody. Like, obviously, I don't know what it's like to be anybody else, but I like the name Jody because everybody's heard of it, but not everybody has it. Most people can spell it, even though there's several ways to spell it. You know, there's like a handful. Pick one. At least people get the idea, even if they misspell it. And 
everyone can pronounce it in, except for in the Spanish culture. I mean, for years when I worked in restaurants, the back of the house kitchen guys would call me Yuri, Yuri. And I was just like, okay. And I, somebody was like, how come you don't correct them? I'm like, it's an accent. It doesn't bother me any, you know? So, oh, whoops, getting a text message. Um, that's so funny. I get a text message from somebody who just misspelled my name, a friend of mine. She puts J-O-D-I-E. It's J-O-D-I, lady. So, I, I mean, I just, I'm used to people misspelling my name. So I very much feel like a Jody. I like my name. And maybe if I was something else, I would have liked that too. But I do like it. But if I had to pick something else, hmm, I would probably pick a three-syllable name because I just, I like three-syllable names like, um, well, I can't think of any good three-syllable names, but uh, gosh, there used to be some names that I really liked for years. Maybe it's not the three-syllable names. It's just names that don't end in the E sound. Like I, I knew a girl, her name was Ashlyn, and I just thought that was such a pretty name. Or, um, gosh, I, I really don't know what name I would pick, but since I'm forcing myself to, to answer this question, I don't know, maybe Ashlyn. I just think that's such a cute name, and then you could be Ash for short, but I don't feel like I'd be an Ash or an Ashlyn. Ashlyn, can't even say it. So, but that's the one I'll pick. I just think that's a beautiful name. Okay. Let me see. Oh, it's funny. My friend just texted me. <laughs> Please forgive the dictation misspelling. So that's why she misspelled my name because she did voice to text. See, voice to text. Even my phone sometimes thinks my name is J-O-D-Y but or sometimes J-O-D-I-E, which is comical to me. I'm like, you know my name. Phone. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Okay. What are some things, and again, if you're following along at home, we're on question 14. What are some things that sound like compliments, but are actually insults? Ooh, good one. I have one right now. Okay, so here's one that pretty much all of my black friends, mostly black female friends, we've all talked about this. And there's this buzz term. It's kind of like, what do they call it? Like, well, it's not really a dog whistle, but it has a racial undertone or overtone. I don't, I don't know how to use that really in this case. But for my entire life, white people, specifically older, older white people had said things to me like, oh, wow, you're so articulate. Like they expected me to sound like street or ebonics or you know urban or something other than this and so it, while it could be a compliment if you are saying i sound articulate on the whole but if you're saying i sound articulate meaning well spoken comma for a black person which is a lot of the time what was said to me well gee for a black person you sound like you know some english that is not a compliment, especially when I've spent my whole life hearing things like, you sound like a white person. Why do you talk like that? You know, and black people sound this way. So you sound like a white person. And I'm just like, look, we sound like all different kinds of things. I know there are stereotypes and I know there's truth to stereotypes, but I'm just me. I sound like my mom. My mom sounded like her mom. I sound like my dad. My dad sounded like his dad and mom. You know what I mean? Like, I never tried to sound like anything other than I actually am. So that is definitely not a compliment to say you sound really smart for a black person, which usually is hidden by the term, you sound really articulate. So that's it. Those are the questions. I mean, I can't say this was rip-roaring giggles and yuck-yucks, but I wanted to just have a fun, light show that isn't about anything serious. Obviously, me wiggling my left ear and then later chopping it off, losing it as a body part. 
is less than serious, right? And talking about that Jeep that I couldn't stand and the Jeep that I loved. Go ahead and play along at home or check the uh, website out if you want to. I get nothing by um, mentioning this particular website. I just think it's a lot of fun and it's kind of like a fun party game to play with your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your friends. I guess play it on Zoom. But again, it's conversationstartersworld.com. I love questions. It was a good time. So thank you guys for playing along if you did or just listening along. Thank you for let's not have a serious talk kind of an episode. You know, just kick back and enjoy the episode. I hope you did. Because that's my story. And I'm sticking to it. Wait, stop. Don't click off. One more bonus thing I have to tell you. This Thursday, I have my interview with Mark from 60 Days In. Finally, remember I've been telling you guys, homework, 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 binge watch or watch if you don't want to binge it, 60 Days In on Netflix. If you haven't done it, Netflix, season five, 60 Days In. I think they only have one season on Netflix, so you don't even have to worry about picking. It's fascinating. Mark is the, shall we say chubby, white guy with glasses and I mean, I can't believe that he went into prison and was undercover for two months. That's the premise of the show. If I haven't said that, they take regular people and they go undercover, essentially, into prison for 60 days. 60 days. I I couldn't do it for one hour. And the whole thing is documented and everything that happens, like you will be hooked on this show. If you like Big Brother, if you like true true crime, if you like documentaries, you're going to love 60 Days In. And of course, if you like this show, you're going to really love it too, because you're going to enjoy the interview that I did with Mark. So it will be airing this Thursday. That's right. Mark your calendars. What day of the week is that? Let me pull it up on my computer and see. Thursday, February 11th. So you have plenty of time to binge watch it. Obviously, you can listen to the podcast whenever it works for you. But if you want to listen to it the day it airs, it was a fun interview. And um, yeah, he shares some of the secrets and some of the stuff that went on behind the scenes that they didn't show. And some of it I think they should have shown. Okay, so 60 Days In, Season 5, Netflix. You can probably also find these things on A&E or on YouTube. If you don't have Netflix, you could probably Google it and see an episode or two just to know what we're talking about. I hope you'll tune in this Thursday for my interview with Mark. His last name is Din. All right, that's all. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it.